Yeah. This be a life, no gimmick. Hey guys, welcome back to the Triple S Podcast. I'm here today with my dad, Wayne Smith. Thanks for taking the time, dad. Yes, you're welcome, you're welcome. And uh, today we'll be doing a one thing that I'd like to become uh, a weekly occurrence, an NFL recap. So we both watch the NFL every week, uh, we enjoy the game, we are very critical and we've been told by others, especially my mom who's sitting behind the camera, that we should just film what we talk about and uh, people would like to watch that, so we'll see if that's true. So let's get right into it. We're going to go through week three in the NFL. So the first thing I want to do is kind of go through game by game, uh, some of the biggest games that we saw, and kind of do a little recap. So we'll start off with our team. As you can see, my dad's wearing a Miami Dolphins hat. We lost 31-6 to against the Dallas Cowboys. So that was a tough game because... There were times when it definitely looked like Miami was moving the ball. Josh Rosen got his first start in the NFL. Uh, he was able to put together some drives, but was kind of discouraged by some of his receivers and drops and just didn't go the way that Miami fans obviously would have liked. So what did you think of that game? What did you take away from Rosen's first start and how Dallas looked? Well, concerning, uh, considering that Miami was a 23.5-point underdog, it's true. they played very well. I know that uh, Dallas covered the point spread, but if you really look at that game and you look at the way Miami played, I mean, the only shortcomings is, I guess, a lack of talent on the team, you know, protection for Rosen. And as you mentioned, uh, you know, some of the drops that the receivers, there was one drop that uh, I believe Devontae Parker, Devontae Parker yeah. the score I believe was at that time was 10-6 or yes or right 10, before half 10-3 and you know that was a short touchdown mm -hmm. you know and that could have impacted the game and you know ended up being a different totally different uh, outcome I thought they played well I mean that's that's cause for some sort of optimism because the first two games really looked like they were tanking yeah you know, for sure. and, that, and that's the that's the talk of the, the NFL now is that Miami this year, because of all the players they got rid of, they're trying to tank so they can get the first pick next year. You know, that may be so, but, you know, I think this week showed that that wasn't true. Yeah. You know, so that was my take on the game. I was impressed, and I wasn't as disheartened as I was in the first two games. Definitely. So what do you make of Dallas's early struggles? Obviously, they opened it up later and ended up winning 31-6, to but... As we were talking about, at the beginning of the game, even up to halftime, I think the score was only about 13-6 to or 13-3 at halftime. So what, what do you take away from a team like Dallas having, to a degree, some struggles against Miami, and Dallas is supposed to be a Super Bowl contender, and Miami, as you said, is supposed to be tanking? Well, I think uh, from watching the game, I mean, Dallas had an incredible amount of pressure on them. I mean, you know, 23.5 uh, 23 and a half points, you know, being favored is historic numbers for the NFL. I mean, I don't think there's ever been a game in the modern era where they've had 23.5 favorites. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of pressure on them. And I guess during the game, you could see that they probably were a little bit tight. And I have to give Miami some credit. They played at times very well, you know. I mean, later on in the game, I just think, I think they just got tired. You know, they got worn out. Mm -hmm. But they played really well. And, and Dallas, I mean, Dallas just showed. I know they struggle, but, 
you know, good teams will do that and they'll find a way to win. And they did in eventual, you know, at the end of the game. Big time. <coughs> Excuse me. So the next game I want to go to is Philadelphia against Detroit, where Philadelphia lost a big home game. Many thought that, oh, this will be their game to get back on track. They're one and one. Another team that's supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. Uh, what did you take away from that game? And how, how did you think Matt Stafford looked? How did you think Carson Wentz looked? The problem, and I know we had this discussion yesterday. I mean, the biggest problem I find with Philadelphia, and one of the things that should have never done was get rid of Nick Foles. Because Carson Wentz is very fragile. And I was looking at a show today, and one of the commentators was saying that uh, what he found uh, about Carson Wentz's play is that he's not the same as he was before. And that showed a lot yesterday, you know, in some of the drives that were stalled because of inaccurate passes and maybe holding the ball too long, which I find he does quite a bit now, mm-hmm. and which causes a lot of unnecessary hits on him as well as sacks. Uh, as far as Detroit, <laughs> traditionally, I mean, I found Detroit to be a wishy-washy team. Yep. You know, you can never guess when they're going to play well, when they're going to not play well. And the times you think they're gonna, not going to play well, they end up playing well. Exactly. This year, they seem to be playing well, except for that first game where they ended up you know, tied tying with against Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. I mean, that's a game they should have won outright, but they tied. But, I mean, their record speaks for itself. There are two wins and one tie. So, I think this year, eh, I might be a little bit of a believer in Detroit. And, and Stafford are. played well. So, I have to give them credit for that. So, are they a playoff team? No. No? No. So how far does your belief in them span then? You believe in them, but they're not a playoff team. I think they'll win games this year. Maybe nine wins? Uh, I'd probably put them more, about seven, maybe eight, okay. you know. They, they'll, they'll challenge. They'll be there near the end of the season challenging for a playoff spot. Even if they do make the playoffs, they have, I, I think they have to consistently play really well. And Stafford has to play really well consistently for mm-hmm. them to go further. Yeah. There's too many good teams in the NFL this year. And I mean, with the exchange of players on the offseason, I think for Detroit, uh, I don't see them going very far. But they'll do well enough in the season that you know they'll challenge for a playoff spot. Is it too early, in your opinion, to hit the panic button if you're a member of the Philadelphia coaching staff or one of the players... Do you think that, okay, we're only one and two, we're only three games in, let's not panic, we can still write the ship, or do you think maybe it is time to hit the panic button and kind of search for a deeper-seated problem? No, I don't think it's it's time to hit the panic button. You have to remember that there's three other teams in the division, and you have six games against those teams, mm-hmm. and those are the games that are going to matter You know, as you go. And I believe I looked at the schedule, and I think in the schedule – the teams in that division play each other late in the season. So I think they the last do, six yeah. to eight or ten games, it's divisional games. So, you know, they're only two games behind Dallas, who's in that lead for the division. Yeah. And, I mean, they still have to play Dallas twice. So it's no need to panic. Even if you're two or three games behind, if you win those two, they win those two games against Dallas, I mean, that puts them either tied and they'll have the advantage yeah. you know head to head so i don't think it's it's a, a point in time now where they have to, to panic because what i see that they need to write isn't something really drastic like the miami situation i think it's just some little tweaking that will help them overcome some of their shortcomings that they've had in the first uh two or three games that they've played true true and i think some of my friends i have quite a few friends that are philadelphia fans tyrone pierre jackson bennett 
uh, Scott Mayers. I'm sure there's more. Uh, they'll be happy to hear that. Hopefully, for their sake, uh, Philadelphia can turn it around and make something of this season because they have very high expectations. A lot of people have been talking about them as uh, contenders for not just making the playoffs or winning the division, but winning the Super Bowl. So Yeah, and, and also another thing about Philadelphia where you shouldn't, you know, start panicking yet is you have to remember they have uh, injuries on receiving That's the true. receiving court. Two important players that are hurt right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, when those players come back, I mean, that makes a different team, right? Big time. They're more dangerous. So, I mean, I don't think you're even close to being panicky with if you're a yeah. Philadelphia fan. Yeah. yeah. If Deshaun Jackson, who's their best deep threat, no disrespect to Nelson Aguilar, but mm-hmm. Deshaun Jackson is their best deep threat and then probably their best overall receiver in Alshon Jeffrey, if yeah. it's not Deshaun Jackson. So as you said, you're right. The two of their very dynamic offensive playmakers being out, maybe when they get back, they'll be able to turn it around. So speaking of another team that maybe it's time to hit the panic button, Los Angeles Rams 20, Cleveland 13. What did you think of that game? Is it too early for Cleveland to be panicking? Well, you see, I think the, the pressure is on Cleveland. And I was watching a show today where they were talking about, you know, who should you put the blame on? especially for the last game against the Rams, whether it should be on the coach Kitchens or whether it should be on, on Baker Mayfield. And the consensus was that it should be on the coach because the coach calls the plays. I know players have to execute, but the coach calls the plays. And if you watch that game yesterday, there were a few times where were very, very questionable calls. And I'm sure that came from the sidelines. Um, as far as Cleveland goes, I think they're feeling the pressure because with all the off-season trades that they mm-hmm. made, I think a lot of people picked them to go very far, even possibly, you know, winning their division and representing the uh, Eastern uh, the Conf- AFC, yeah. AFC in, in the Super Bowl. And I think they're starting to feel that now. And it's one thing to have the talent in your team, but you have to be able to gel and play together. And I think they're feeling that pressure and it's showing right now. They may be able to right the ship, but I think the coach as you know, some of the commentators have said, I, I think I don't think that he, because remember, he was just, he, he, this is his first year as a coach, so he doesn't have that experience, you know. So I, I believe they could write it, but by the time they do, I think they'll be so far out of the playoffs mm-hmm. that they, they're not going to make a dent this year. Maybe next year, but I don't think this year. One thing that I thought about is that Maybe they'll be kind of in a Miami situation when LeBron James went to Miami. I don't want to compare LeBron James to Odell Beckham, but mm-hmm. the influx of talent that came into Cleveland and the influx of talent that came into Miami when Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and LeBron James all united in South Beach. Their first year, they did make it to the finals, but they didn't win. They still had some problems gelling, and then they came back the next year, and they were champions. So do you think that it kind of will take a little bit of time, similar to with Miami, uh, not the Dolphins, but similar to with the Miami Heat. And maybe next year or later in the season, they'll start to really open it up and we'll see those big games from Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and all those guys. I think that's possible. I mean, you can still see games like that this year. I think you will see games like that this year. But Baker Mayfield has to improve. Yeah. You know, I watched the game yesterday and, uh, you know, a lot of times the containment was there. The the, the offensive line blocked properly. You had a pocket. Had a pocket. And he always rolled out to his right, right into the defensive, mm. into a defensive sack. You know, so he has to maintain his composure. He has to stay calm, use that pocket, because you know what? If not, then you run. I mean, he's he's a runner, but he's not 
that quick, but he's quick enough that he can create plays using his legs, but he has to use that pocket. And if he improves his play, I think the team will benefit from that. But yeah, I think this year you'll still see Beckham making those plays, Jarvis mm -hmm. Landry making plays. I mean, they're a dynamic team, you know. They just have to play better. Yeah. And it starts with the quarterback and the play calling from the sidelines. Definitely. So did you find it ironic, because we've talked about this before too, uh, any irony in the fact that when the Giants drafted Jan Daniel Jones, uh, Baker Mayfield had spoke out and he had said, uh, I, can't, I can't believe they took Daniel Jones with the number six pick. I don't understand why they would do that. Did you find it ironic at all that this week and the day after Daniel Jones' first start, he came out, won a big game. Did you find it ironic at all that he won, whereas Baker Mayfield struggled and lost? Did you see any, uh, anything that made you laugh about that? Well, I was happy for that because, I mean, when Baker Mayfield got drafted, I mean, I was all on the Baker Mayfield bandwagon, and I thought that, you know, he'd be great for the Cleveland uh, Browns. He'd do great on the team. He'd be a dynamic player, and I was cheering for him. But when he made that comment about Daniel Jones, it just set me off because, you know, first of all, you're a player. He's a player. Everybody's trying to make it in the NFL. And the fact that he's questioning another team's draft pick and draft choice, I mean, to me, that kind of turned me off. So from there, I was thinking to myself, you know what? You don't deserve my, my backing. And go. I was happy to see Daniel Jones do very well. I mean, they should have lost that game. Yeah. But the fact that he played well, Mm -hmm. I was happy for that. The fact yeah. that Baker Mayfield and the Browns lost, I was also happy for that. Yeah. So speaking of which, we'll get into that next game, the uh, Tampa Bay versus New York Giants game. And I have that one started as a potential game of the week, and we'll get back to the potential games of the week later. But So 32 for the Giants, 31 for Tampa Bay. Uh, Matt Gay misses a game -winning, potential game-winning field goal. I think it was a 44-yarder. Uh, what did you think of that game and Daniel Jones's first start? Four touchdowns, two rushing, two passing. Well, first of all, again, Daniel Jones played exceptionally well. I think his only drawback was the fact that, you know, ball uh, security. You know, yes. he lost the ball a couple of times. Ball. So he'll, he, I mean, it's his first season, first few games. He played well in the preseason. He'll overcome that, you know, but overall, I think he played excellently. And also, I find with. Uh, I find with, with the fact that, uh, you know, that missed field goal at the end, that was totally disappointing. Jameis Winston drove the team mm -hmm. down the field with just over a minute left. Everything was set up for the win. And, you know, I, that's a game I think will come back to haunt them because every game now counts. Yep. You know, and when you get to the end of the season and you're a game or two behind, you know, the people ahead of you that are in the position for a, a wild card, those games are going to come in and they're going to be very important. So I think that that was very disappointing to see at the end because I was cheering for Tampa Bay at that point, although I was also cheering for Daniel Jones. But yeah. overall, I was cheering for Tampa Bay. It was very disheartening to see that missed field goal. Yeah. Do you think that uh, Matt Gay will get released or do you think that uh, Tampa Bay will stick with him, give him another shot? Well, it's kind of hard because, you know, I mean, Tampa Bay has had a lot of kicking problems. And, you know, you can easily get rid of a kicker like, like Gay because he missed a field goal, that a winning field goal. But then the next kicker you bring in may not be any better than exactly. him. Exactly. You look at Adam Vinatieri, he's, uh, he'll be in the Hall of Fame at one point. 
and he's missing single points. He's missing field goals. He's you looking know, really shaky. And he's yeah. looking very shaky. So kickers, I mean, nothing's guaranteed with a kicker. You know, you know, you can get a kicker with a reputation, and he'll still miss a field goal that could win you a game. So I think they'll give him a chance, probably maybe another game or two, if he consistently misses field goals, especially game-winning field goals at the end of the game. I think at that point, maybe they will start looking outside for another, another kicker. One of my other big takeaways from that game was Jameis Winston and Mike Evans' connection. It was great throughout the whole game. Well, not so much actually throughout the whole game. I think he had three touchdowns and I think eight catches for 160-something yards in the first half alone. I think his only second-half catch was that one to put them in field goal range where they ultimately missed the game-winning field goal. So just wanted to kind of give a little shout-out to Mike Evans. I know he doesn't always get the respect he might be due, when it comes to talking about top five or top ten receivers, uh, I would definitely put him up, if not in my top five, then very close to it, maybe mm-hmm. six or... But I don't think I could put him higher than six. But yeah. yeah, so just wanted to give a little shout-out to Mike Evans. So another potential Game of the Week uh, nominee, Kansas City versus Baltimore in uh, Kansas City. That's a game that had a lot of hype going into it. Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes, two young, dynamic quarterbacks. Let's see what they can do. So, final score was 33 for Kansas City, 28 for Baltimore. What did you think of that game? I think that, for me, that was the game of the week. I mean, Mm -hmm. you have two dynamic, explosive teams with a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. And I think the game played out the way that most people anticipated. The only thing I find with with Kansas City is an excellent team. Mahomes, excellent quarterback. Second year, great guy. Third year. Second year. year starter. Second year starter, excuse me. But Kansas City needs to improve on their defense. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people say, yeah, you know what, sometimes the offense can overcome the defense. You know, but the traditional thought is that defense wins championships. Mm-hmm. Offense wins you know, games, defense offense, wins championships. Exactly. And like I said, a lot of people argue, well, you know what, there have been teams in the past, you've had the, uh, the greatest uh, show on turf, where the they've Rams, won... Yeah. Where they've won a Super Bowl, their defense wasn't as good as the Kansas City uh, defense this year, but they still won. But overall, I mean, you saw last year, Kansas City, explosive team. They had every, all the pieces in play. You know, I mean, I know they've lost uh, one of their players, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. He should be back. Uh, he should be soon. Yeah. But they don't have him. But they had him last year. But they didn't win. Their defense let them down. Mm-hmm. Look at that game against the Rams last year. One of the best games I've ever seen live. I believe it was combined score of 105 points. It was 54-51. Yeah, yeah, 105 points in that game. That's a lot of... I mean, and that's another team too, the Rams, that great offense last year. This year, they're struggling a little bit, but the defense is lacking, mm-hmm. you know. And teams like New England, those are the teams that they don't have all the big marquee players but they still chug along, yep. and they just play great defense, great offense. Because they're so well-coached. And well, yeah. well, that's important, too. Coaching yeah. is a, a huge part. We overlook that sometimes. We look at the players, and we give the players a lot of credit, sometimes a little more credit than, you know, but the coaching is very important. Yeah. Because like I was talking before about kitchens, questionable calls probably cost them the game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Did you, did you have any concerns for Lamar Jackson moving forward in his first few games? He was nearly perfect. I mean, he did play Miami in one of those games. but And then in this past game, he didn't throw any touchdown passes. I believe he had one or two rushing. 
but no touchdown passes. Uh, do you have any concerns with Lamar moving forward, or do you think uh, he'll be all right? He's still doing well, still put up 28 points. I think he'd be all right. I think, as, as somebody said, you know, the, the stage might have been a little too big for him. I mean, he's facing off against probably the best offense in, in the league. And it's a marquee game. Everybody's looking at that game as the game of the week. And he has to compete with, with Mahomes, score for score. In an away game, too. In an away game, especially in that's, you know, Kansas City, that's a very hard place to win. I think for him, although he still played well, I think the pressure was on him to perform and to keep up with Mahomes in that, you know, he's he, when he first came in, he wasn't that great a pocket passer. I mean, he still get better, but I think that, that that whole atmosphere was too much for him. Yeah, definitely. All right. So the next game, uh, the last game that I potentially have marked as a, a game of the week, Houston against the Chargers in Los Angeles. Final score, 27-20 to 20 for the Houston Texans. What was your takeaways from that game? Absolutely disappointing. You know, shit. The thing is, the Chargers, they're a good team, but they're up and down, you know. That's a game they should have won. They should have won that game easily. They let, you know, Houston come back and beat them. And, I mean, Rivers, I think Rivers is starting to slide, you know, in terms of, uh, the, I don't know how old he is now. He's probably mid-30s. Yeah. So, you know, and there's just so much he can do in that game to bring them up for their shortcomings but I think uh, that was totally it was a good game and I mean Houston is a good team but should, uh, the Chargers should have won that game yeah yeah so Deshaun Watson obviously played a great game he made some crazy plays plays where he looked like he was going to be sacked he escapes and either scrambles or makes big throws downfield do you think that Deshaun Watson is an elite quarterback or that he'll become one do you think he's already there? What's your take on uh, Deshaun Watson so far in his career? I think he's on his way. I mean, you know, granted that he got injured last year mm -hmm. and he was out for a, portion, a big portion of the, the season when he was well on his way to record numbers. Mm -hmm. I mean, this year I think he'll get to that point where at the end of the season, if he doesn't get hurt, I think he'll probably classify him into that young elite quarterback uh, category. And I think next year he'll just get much better. I mean, you look at the pieces they have in in, uh, in Houston. They've got great defensive players. Yep. They've got good talent on on offense. Yep. And with Deshaun, his mobility. I mean, the only the only minus is that he takes a lot of hits. He yep. gets sacked a lot. They got to improve that offensive line. If they don't, he'll have a short career, and he'll end up like RG three. Yeah. Where good hopefully mobile quarterback, not. hopefully not, but good mobile quarterback can run, can pass, but takes too many hits, gets injured, and next thing you know, he's done. So, yeah. Hmm. So, one of the things uh, that I like about Deshaun Watson is that he's very good at spreading the ball around and using his supporting cast. He has a lot of playmakers around him, like DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, who's now healthy again, a former Dolphin, Kenny Stills, who had a big game on, uh, on Sunday. Uh, and then on defense, as we noted, they have some very great defensive players. J.J. Watt J. J. had two Watt. sacks. Uh, he definitely let Phillip Rivers know uh, that his presence was there. Uh, so that was definitely a good game and up for uh, game of the week. One other game we're going to talk about is San Francisco versus Pittsburgh. Final score 24 for San Francisco 
and 20 for Pittsburgh. Mason Rudolph's first start for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And a game that was pretty atrocious turnover-wise. Uh, San Francisco ended up winning despite having five turnovers. What did you think of, uh, of San Francisco in this game? Well, uh, first of all, I was impressed with Rudolph's play. I mean, I heard a lot of talk before the game that, you know, yes, he, he will do well. That's why they drafted him, this and that. And I wasn't quite, you know, certain of that he would pan out. But I was really impressed with his play. San Francisco, my God, they did everything to try to lose that game. I believe it probably their first four or five offensive possessions, they turned the ball over. They were like, they're trying to give Pittsburgh the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, luckily they won the game, but they should have lost that game. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, <clears throat> I mean, the first season, he played well, he got hurt. And, you know, even when he left uh, New England, he had this streak going where he yeah, was winning five games. And but he seems to be like he's regressing now. I mean, he's not as consistent anymore. He's getting sacked. You know, he's not making the throws. There were a few throws, open receivers yesterday in the game where he, he just overthrew them. You know, open receivers. That should be, Any quarterback in the, in, the, in the league should be able to make that throw, mm -hmm. and he didn't. But as far as the overall for, for San Francisco, again, another team that could potentially end up a year or two from now being Super Bowl contenders. I mean, they have the pieces there, and I mean... People aren't talking about them a lot. They're talking mostly about Cleveland, but San Francisco, that's a team that can be a, a dynasty if, you know, they play well and the pieces start coming together. Yeah. So do you look at that game and think, oh my goodness, five turnovers, maybe they're probably a crap team. I think they're going to regress the rest of the season. Or do you look at that game and say, wow, five turnovers, they, end, they still ended up winning 24 to 20. Maybe this team, if they can clean up the turnovers, can be good right now. Well, I believe they can be good right now. I mean, you know, could have been just nerves. I mean, you look at some of the turnovers. I mean, balls in the receiver's hands. He, he, he fumbles the ball. Ball, you know, comes up in the air, gets intercepted by the you know, opposing team. Those are just nerves. I think they can clean that up. I mean, they have the talent. They have the talent. All they need to do, like I said, is to work on the little things. You know, you work on the little things, everything comes together. And I think they can do it right now. So I, I know I said that was the last game, but I just noticed I missed one. I grazed over it. So Buffalo in Buffalo against Cincinnati. Final score, 21 for Buffalo, 17 Cincinnati. Buffalo is 3-0, and tied with New England for the division lead. Uh, what's your take on Buffalo so far? Do you think they're for real, or are they kind of, oh, you played three weaker teams. Let's see what happens when you play the real deal. Oh, I, think I think they're for real, I think. I think they're not in the category yet as a New England. Oh, definitely. Excuse not. me, but I think they will when they do play in New England. I think they will compete with New England. It's just that I think and Buffalo. And they play each other next week, actually. In exactly. Buffalo. Now, I've been to Buffalo to watch games, and I've been to Buffalo where I've seen Buffalo beat teams they shouldn't beat. So, the way they're playing this year, even the way that New England is playing, that game is a toss-up as far as I'm concerned. You smell an upset. It's possible. It's quite possible because, okay. like I said, you know, they're playing well. Josh Allen's playing well. Mm -hmm. I mean, the defense is playing ex Very excellent. Well. Yeah. I mean, yes, they've played weak competition, but like I always say, it doesn't matter who you put in front of you to play. You still have to play the game. Mm -hmm. Even though you're supposed to win, doesn't always mean that you win. You know, I go back to a few years ago 
when uh, I can't remember the year it was, but Miami was playing in Chicago against Chicago. Chicago uh, at the time I believe was 14 and 0 or 15 and 1 or sorry 14 and 1. They were about 17, 16 point underdogs, and they beat Chicago by about 12 points. Wow! You know, I remember them playing against New England when yeah. New England was undefeated. It was about maybe 11, 12 games in. They beat New England. So you have to play the game. It doesn't matter who you present in front of you as an opponent. You still have to play the game. You still have to win it. Yeah. You know? So back to our game of the week discussion. I know you had preliminarily said uh, you'd pick the Giants versus Tampa Bay. Are you going to stick with that as your game of the week? Nope. My, my game of the week was the Kansas City-Baltimore game. Kansas City-Baltimore. Yes. So actually... On that note, my Game of the Week uh, nominee is the Giants against Tampa Bay. I thought that game had a lot of intrigue and excitement right at the end with uh, the big play and the touchdown for Daniel Jones and then the big play to Mike Evans and then the missed kick. So that's my uh, Game of the Week for Week 3 in the NFL. So next up, we have a special segment, uh, one that I'm very excited for. It's uh, the Shitong of the Week. So the shitong of the week. Shitong of the week. Dad, would you like to explain what a shitong is for yeah, for the people, people that don't know. know what shitong is? Shitong just means that the crappy player, the yeah. player that just is very disappointing and does really badly. Yeah. And my shitong of the week will be Matty Ice. Matty Ice. Matt Matty Ryan Ice. of the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons. That guy, for some reason, he's not consistent at all. Not consistent at all. And I, I nominate him as my shit on of the week. Okay. So they were playing the Indianapolis Colts, uh, a game that a lot of people thought that they'd be able to win. Uh, even though it was in Indianapolis, uh, I even picked them in our football pool that we're in to beat Indianapolis. And just some inaccurate throws and just couldn't make the plays that he needed to make when it counted. And uh, they ended up losing that game. So Matty Ice is your vote. And for me, for myself... I'd like to give that uh, prestigious award to Matt Gay, the kicker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because not only did he miss the game-winning 44-yard field goal, he also missed, missed two extra points. points. That's correct. So to lose by one and your kicker missed potentially five extra point or five more points, mm -hmm. you got to look back at that and say uh, it's a pretty big shitong movement. And I did mention to you while we were watching the game, I said, had he made those two extra points, I mean, mm -hmm. granted one of them was blocked. But had he made the two extra points, that missed field goal would have been a non-issue. Exactly. Because they would have been ahead by one with the ball. So yeah. that would have been a non-issue. Yeah, definitely. But my follow-up, uh, just to add, my follow-up uh, shitong of the week is uh, Crapiola. Crapiota. Crapiota. Marcus uh, Mariota. Marcus, Marcus Crapiota. So for I those like who it. don't know, my dad uh, loves to give nicknames to, to crappy players or players that play badly. Uh, one of his other famous ones is uh, he calls Ben Roethlisberger Ben Worthlessberger. Ben Worthlessberger. So yeah. Crapiota, Marcus Mariota of the Tennessee Titans. Why is he your runner-up? You know, he came in the same year as Jameis Winston. Mm -hmm. And I know Jameis has had his problems, but this year he seems to be turning it around just a little bit. He's playing a lot better. And like we said, you know, in that game with Tampa Bay, he drove them down with a minute, 20, minute, 15 seconds left. And put him in position for the winning field goal, you know, Crapiola, Crapiola. I mean, the guy just has regressed every year. Every year that you see him, he's regressed. He hasn't. He should be the leader of that team. He should be. I mean, they've got enough talent on that team. 
that they should be winning more games than they should. And the games that they should be winning, they should be winning, and they're not. Yeah. And a lot of that you can put on him, you know. Yeah. And I was reading an article, and the coach was saying, I guess he was asked by a reporter, whether or not they find that it's time to make a quarterback change. And the coach said, the coach said, well, no, there's no reason right now. Personally, I think there is. They have Ryan Tannehill. I wasn't very happy with Tannehill when he played with Miami. But you know what? He's still a decent quarterback. When he's on his game, he can play well, you know. I, I, maybe it's not time to take out Crapiota, but you know what? One more game. If he has another bad game, I think it's time you take him out. Otherwise, your season is going to, they're going to tank. Maybe. You yeah. know, and it'd be too late to come back. I mean, the AFC is going to be tough this year to make the playoffs. For Very sure. tough. Yeah. And this is, a lot of people have looked at this for Mariota as kind of a prove it season. You've had your years to kind of get your feet wet. There's no more excuses. You have weapons around you, as you said. And as you also said, he's just hasn't performed yet. So maybe, as you said, it could be time for, uh, it should be time for a quarterback change after all. Exactly. And you have to remember next year, there's going to be a lot of eligible quarterbacks that are going to be in the draft. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of quarterbacks that teams are going to want and the year following. So, you know, I think like you're right. It's a, a prove it or move on year this year for Crapiota. Crap you know. All right. So our next segment, our second last segment, is the hot or not segment. So I'm going to kind of list out some teams that I think are either on a hot streak or on a not hot streak. We'll kind of discuss that team and whether you agree with where they're placed or not. So the first team that I placed on the hot side is uh, the Detroit Lions. They're, as we said, 2-0-1, two, two wins, uh, no losses, one tie. Their latest win against the Philadelphia Eagles at the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you think of them? Are you, would you consider them to be on the hot side or not yet? I Right now, they're hot. I mean, when they go up against the more explosive teams, I think they'll have problems. You know, when they go up against a Kansas City, when they go up against a Dallas. So they actually do play Kansas City next week, but it's in Detroit. I don't care where it is. I think they'll have problems. The only, the only See, the thing is, although they'll have problems against Kansas City, because of that, that shortcomings that Kansas City has on defense, I think that'll keep Detroit in the game as long as Matt Stafford plays well. Mm -hmm. You know, if they win that game next week. I'm on the Detroit bandwagon. <laughs> there they're, you go. They're a playoff team for sure. Maybe, maybe. So next team up, it's a very obvious one, the New England Patriots. Do you see any holes in the Patriots game? Offensively, defensively, they're putting up record numbers of uh, points for versus points against as much as I hate to say because <laughs> I don't like we don't like no. the Patriots you have to give kudos to where it, it belongs mm -hmm. and I mean it's hard to see any holes in that offense or defense I mean they just chug along like I said they don't have any brand name players on offense well obviously in offense but defense but those guys just keep they just get the job done I mean my goodness you know the way they're playing right now Brady as long as you have Brady, I think you're okay. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I think, yeah, they're they're the team to beat. Definitely. At the beginning of the season, I didn't think so. But, you know, despite uh, Kansas City's offensive uh, prowess, I think New England's still the team to beat. Do you think they'll take a, a seventh Super Bowl? Listen, in the last few years, I thought there's no way they'll make the Super Bowl, and there they were either in the Super Bowl losing it or in the Super Bowl winning it. So yeah. this year, I mean, there's probably a, 
if you look at the, the Vegas odds, I think for them winning the Super Bowl is probably like four to one. Whereas I think Miami is probably like ten four thousand. <laughs> ten million to one. Oh. But yeah, they're they're probably the number one team that is favored to win the Super Bowl right now. I think they're the more consistent team. Because if you look at Kansas City, great offense, weak defense. The Rams, their offense was great. They're not up to par right now, and their defense is still lacking. Mm -hmm. You look at New England, great offense, great defense. Yeah, and special teams. And special teams. That's and a I, sign of a well-coached team. And the surprising right. thing about them last week that I have to mention is that usually when you see them play and they blow out a team, Brady never comes out. Yeah. He stays till the end. This, this week... They took him out. Mm -hmm. The backup comes in, throws a pick, <laughs> pick six, and they score mm -hmm. because they were on record pace to you know for points allowed, points scored. Yeah, and I mean that just kind of messed it up there. But I guess you know Belichick is not a guy that's gonna you know put records like that above winning games and exactly. you know, protecting his players. Because so. what did he do next? Exactly, he put Brady right back in. Exactly. <laughs> That must be pretty disheartening for uh, Jared Stidham, who I think is a rookie or a second-year quarterback who they have a lot of high praise for, but wasn't so hot in, uh, yeah. in some of his first passes as a Patriot. Exactly. I think Belichick didn't want him to turn the ball over again because it was at that point it was 30-14. to 14. Yeah. Mean, still 16-point lead, but one more touchdown, next thing you know, things are sort of hairy. So I think putting Brady back in was probably the best thing. Definitely, yeah. So another team uh, to consider hot or not, the Green Bay Packers. So they're 3-0, and having a hot start. Not a lot of people are talking too, too much about them, but they drastically improved that defense over the offseason with draft picks and uh, the acquisitions of Zadarius Smith and uh, Preston Smith, I believe, two outside linebackers who can get yeah. after the pass rusher. So what do you think of Green Bay so far? Are they on their way to, uh, to making a playoff run? Green Bay is hot right now. They still haven't convinced me that, you know, they're the top five team, you know, because Rodgers, to me still, with Green Bay, too much has too much pressure on Rodgers to perform. If They're as good as Rodgers, you know, is. And if Rodgers gets hurt or Rodgers doesn't perform well, they struggle to win games. But right now, they're doing well, you know, and that defense, I mean, in, in years past, they've struggled with the defense. They've struggled with pressuring the quarterback, the opposing quarterback. This year, they seem to have no problem with that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good piece for them to push them past that, that, that hump that they had before. And, yeah, they'll make the playoffs this year. I have no question about that. They'll probably win their division. As far as getting to the Super Bowl, we'll still have to wait and see, you know. Okay, okay. So one last team to uh, consider hot or not, or, sorry, on the hot side is the Houston Texans. How much credit do you give them for beating the Chargers in Los Angeles? Oh, I give them a lot of credit for that. They played well. Deshaun Watson played well. I mean, that's he's a great quarterback. He's a good, smart guy. You know, he can throw, he can pass, he can run. I mean, that guy is a good quarterback. I give him their defense. Mm -hmm. Always been a great defense. I mean... They're a hot team right now, and I think as far as the division goes, I, I, I think they should win that division. You know what I mean? You look at the other teams in the division up in the, the Titans, the Jags, yeah. and... And is it Pittsburgh? No, I think... Uh, let me see. So Houston is AFC South, which would be the Titans, the, the Jags, Jags and Houston, and the Colts. And the Colts. The Colts, yes. Yeah, I think they should win that division. You know what I mean? And... 
if 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 Deshaun Watson stays healthy, I mean, you know, one of the concerns was that he's taking too many hits and getting sacked. Mm-hmm. If they can shore up that offensive line, protect him a lot more, and he doesn't get hurt, I think they'll do very well. Yeah, for sure. So on the not side, just list out a couple of teams. So Miami, our team, definitely will put them on the uh, the not hot side. Uh, another team that I've placed there is the Denver Broncos. So coming into the season, they had a little bit of hype train behind them. Just acquired uh, Joe Flacco. They've always had a pretty good defense. Emmanuel Sanders is back from injury. They have the exciting second-year now player, uh, Philip Lindsay at running back. Mm-hmm. And to start 0-3, what do you think of them? Would you consider them on the not side, or do you think it's just kind of a cold start and they'll be able to turn it around? No, I, I put them this year winning probably six if they play well maybe seven games but most likely about six games I mean I'm not convinced about Joe Flacco I think Joe Flacco is past his prime he's probably maybe a good backup but he's not a good uh, quarterback to lead a team and I mean Denver had the pieces in place where they just needed that quarterback because traditionally in the last few years they've had you know just backup quarterbacks in there managing the game while mm-hmm. the defense was trying to win the games for them and when they traded and they got Joe Flacco they thought well oh, we have a proven quarterback now but you know what except for that one year that he had at Baltimore I was never convinced that he was that quarterback and I think that's probably part of the reasons why I don't think that they're going to get over that hump I think like I said they'll win five six games maybe and that'll be it they'll be out of the playoffs hmm. Do you think that for, so the Denver Broncos drafted this year in the first round uh, quarterback Drew Locke out of Missouri, do you think it's time to make the switch to him and see what the rookie has to offer, or do you still ride with Flacco if potentially the rookie's not ready yet? Well, because I think uh, Denver is, is still considering trying to make the playoffs, I think they'll probably ride with, with Flacco maybe for the next game or two, and if it's the same result, I think at that point, maybe in the sixth game, they'll probably put lock in as long as he's healthy they'll put him in mm-hmm. you know because at that point the season is already tanked so you might as well see what the the, the future franchise quarterback can do and mm-hmm. you have to give him experience because you can't just put him in there and expect him to perform so you have to if the season's already tanked and gone you might as well put him in so you can get some experience and then see what he can do who knows he could be like uh you know another quarterback uh, uh, daniel jones yeah and you know, he wins the last four or five games or the last six out of seven games, and then you see, whoa, next year we're going to be good. Mm -hmm. So do you think that at all that puts any pressure on Joe Flacco that, oh my gosh, I have to perform now? If I don't perform well, they're going to put in the backup. And do you think that that has a negative effect on him, or do you think that he kind of just puts that out of his mind and his struggles are solely just based off his play? No, I think (laughs) Flacco's feeling the pressure. He felt the pressure in Baltimore mm-hmm. when they got rid of him because they had Jackson. Because mm-hmm. he knew that. Because when Jackson, when they, they, they drafted Jackson, he wasn't very happy about yeah. that. He felt the pressure in Baltimore. He's feeling the pressure now, especially with the 0-3 start with the team that they have. He's feeling that pressure. They drafted Drew Locke. He knows that's the incumbent waiting or the, the backup waiting in, 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 in the shadows to take mm-hmm. over. And he knows because he's seen it. Look at New York... Uh, you know, they've, uh, the Giants, they benched uh, Eli Manning. They mm-hmm. put Jones in. Jones wins the game for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were <clears throat> they were winless before Jones wins, Jones wins the game for him. 
So he's looking at all that. He's feeling the pressure. And I think, I don't think he has enough now at this stage in his career to really pull that team up and put him on his back and carry him forward. So I think, you know, ultimately they'll have a changeover, whether it will be in the next game or two or whether it will be later on in the season. But I think there will be a changeover. At, at the very least, at the point where Denver knows that they're not definitely not going to make the playoffs, they'll put Drew Locke in. All right. So now for our last segment, um, predictions for next week. So as we kind of talked about a little bit, we're both in a football pool that you actually organize in which uh, you predict the winners of each game straight up, uh, not covering the spread. And hopefully you get the most wins that week and you win the week. So we're going to go over who we picked for this next week. I'll start with you because you're my guest. So who have you picked for this coming week? The first game is a Thursday game. It's Philadelphia at Green Bay. I picked Green Bay for that game. And the reason I picked Green Bay for that game is, is the play right now. Rodgers is playing great. The defense is playing great. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia has a lot of injuries on, in the receiving core. You know, Carson Wentz isn't, it, Wentz isn't playing up to par. And I think besides playing in Green Bay, I think that gives them an, an, an utmost an ultimate advantage. You know, so I pick Green Bay to win that game. Okay, so Washington versus the Giants in uh, New York. That might be a good game to watch. And that's a that's a division game. It's always tough for the division games. You know, whether or not one team is, you know, guaranteed or or you look at them to that they should win that game doesn't mean that they necessarily. But based on the play of Daniel Jones last week or this week that just went by, and playing in New York. I'd have to give them the edge, and I would say I would give a slight edge to the Giants in that game. Okay, so next game, I think we already kind of mentioned this one, but Kansas City at Detroit, the battle of uh, two unbeaten teams. And initially I picked uh, Kansas City. I mean, that was just an automatic pick, Kansas City. But after discussions we had and the way Detroit's playing and the fact that it's in Detroit, I mean... Detroit has a has a chance. They have a chance, but I would still go with Kansas City. Okay, okay. So that might be an early uh, pick for game of the week, potentially. Uh, so next up, Crapiota in the Tennessee Titans against uh, Shitong of the Week, Matt Ryan, and the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Oh, I would pick Atlanta. Even though Matty Ice was Shitong of the Week? Yeah, but they still have a lot of talent, and they're playing at home, and they, they traditionally play well at home, and mm-hmm. I mean... I have absolutely no confidence in Crapiola. Yeah. Crapiola is right now, like I said, he's struggling. He he's, he looks unsure. You know, he gets back there and it's like he can't make the reads. I mean, I, I can't pick him on the road. Yeah. I have to go with Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So next up, uh, Carolina at Houston. And we're not sure whether Cam Newton will play or not or whether Kyle Allen will play again, who threw four touchdowns, had a great game for Carolina. So what do you think in that game? Well, the latest injury report uh, that I looked at today, he's ruled out for game four. Okay, so so Kyle he, Allen again? Kyle Allen will be playing, but I still have to go with Deshaun Watson and the mm-hmm. Houston. I mean, they're playing at home. They're playing well. And with that defense, and I, I know Allen played well last game, but you know what? You have that defense at home. I mean, just watch out for J.J. Watt. So yeah. I think he's yeah. going to be putting a lot of pressure on him. Definitely. So next up, our team, uh, Miami has a home game against the L.A. Chargers. I'm 99% sure I know who you'll pick, but who will you pick in that game? You know, 
this week gave me so much hope with the way that you know the team played I mean I obviously I picked the charges but I mean I wouldn't be surprised if Miami won that game you know they're gonna win a game this year you know maybe I two. hope so <laughs> no they, they, they will win a game or two this year and they, they probably surprise people and you know in in the football pools all around the world people are probably picking in the suicide portion of the pools. They're probably looking at the weekly uh, whoever schedule. Plays Miami. And whoever plays Miami, mm -hmm. they'll pick them. And you know, one of these times, they're going to pick them. A lot of people are going to pick them, and they're going to lose because yeah. Miami will come through and they'll win that one game. Yeah. You know what I mean? So do you think this is it against a pretty good Chargers team? It's quite possible, but I'll still have to go with the Chargers. Fair enough. Okay. Next up, um, what I have marked as my game of the week, New England at Buffalo. So a division game, both 3-0. and See, that's another is Josh game. Is Josh Allen for real? There's, there's the best test you could possibly pick up for him. I think, I, think, I think they have a chance to win this game. Anytime they play in Buffalo, they have a chance. Because like I said, I've been to many games in Buffalo, and Buffalo plays really well. They have the fan support, and they play really mm -hmm. well in Buffalo. And I mean, they can beat New England. Whether they will or not, if I have to pick, I'm picking New England, obviously. Yeah. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo won that game. Yeah, because you mean, know Belichick is going to be prepared for, of for course, Josh Allen. Of yeah. course. And I mean, you know, if Buffalo wins, they're not going to blow them out, obviously. It'll be a close game, but I have to, I have to go with, uh, with Brady. All right, so next up we have Oakland at Indianapolis. Who do you have in that game? Oakland at Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Okay. Uh, next up we have Cleveland at Baltimore. Obviously Baltimore. Okay. Like I said, <laughs> you know, Baltimore is playing very well. Jackson, he, and he's got, he's got so much of an arsenal on his offense. I mean... With his running and the, the receivers that he has, I mean, speed, speed, speed. A lot know? of speed. And Cleveland is not playing well right now. And the last team they want to play is a team like Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And especially with that defense that can come after you. Baker Mayfield might be running for his life. And, you know, like I said, the pocket's there, but he likes to run to his right. Mm -hmm. He does that, he's going to get sacked quite a bit. So I have to go with Baltimore. So if they lose that game and move to 1-3, and three, I know before you said at 1-2 and two right now, not quite yet, hit the panic mode. Will it be time to hit panic button if they go to one and three and drop this game in Baltimore? If they if they go to one and three, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are going to be pointing their fingers. Yeah, you know, even some of the players on the team are going to be pointing fingers. You know, a lot of the the uh, football pundits are going to be pointing the finger at the coach. You know, and especially if Baker Mayfield doesn't play well and they get blown out, they might be even be pointing fingers at him. So yeah, uh -huh. I think things just they're just going to go south if they lose that game and. By a big score yeah all right almost to the end now we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who just lost a close one at the Los Angeles Rams Tampa Bay at the Rams I would pick the Rams but there's something wrong with that offense this year you know they, they seem to, to be struggling I mean yes they can win games but they're not winning games by the scores that they should and Tampa Bay like I said, Jameis Winston looks like he's turning it around a little bit this year. And, you know, every team each week has a chance to beat anybody, you know. But I still have to go with the Rams in that game. All right. So now we have Seattle at Arizona. And Seattle, who, despite what the score showed in their game, uh, they looks like they lost close to New Orleans. 
Uh, that was a home game against backup Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think of the this next game, Seattle at Arizona? Well, I have to go with Seattle. I mean, you know, they had a bad game at home, but they'll they'll right to ship. And I think Arizona. I mean, Arizona. They have Kyler Murray, but the offensive line is the problems are still there. You know, the protection problems are still there. Their defense is not good. Yeah. And against Seattle and their running game, uh, I, I, that might might be an ugly game. You know, if Kyle Murray plays well, maybe it stays a little closer. But, yeah, definitely Seattle. Okay. All right. Now we have Jacksonville at Denver. Who do you have for that game? Jacksonville at Denver. See, for me, that was a tough game. You know what I mean? I mean, you look at Denver. Flacco, I, I just don't like Flacco, but they're playing at home, and you know, is that a prime time game? I don't believe so. It's not, eh? I don't believe so. No, that's a four o'clock game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a tough game. Uh, Gardner Minshew. I mean, that guy is that a stud. Minshew mania. Minshew mania. He looks like something out of the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> that mustache. Yeah, but the mustache. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I. It's a tough game. If it wasn't for his, him and his play, it would be a, no question Denver. But that game, it's a toss-up for me. Yeah. Toss-up so for me. I definitely have already marked it. I'm going to pick Jacksonville in that game. Uh, well, that's I'm riding I'm, the Minshew bandwagon right to the end. I'm thinking about that too. I'm, yeah. I'm gearing towards the Jacksonville. I Originally, when I saw the game, Denver. You know, But the way uh, Gardner Minshew played this week, I was thinking, ooh. And... It's not even this week. I've seen him play in, in, in preseason. And I mean, mm-hmm. he looked good in preseason. Very you know? But yeah. preseason's preseason, right? So exactly. you're thinking, ah, you're, you're playing against backups. You'll look good. But wait till the regular season comes along. And now he and has. Now he's, I know he's playing well. So yeah. I might tend to pick Jacksonville. Because I don't enough. like Flacco. Fair enough. Inconsistent. All right. One game that I'm... Definitely torn about uh, Minnesota at Chicago. Minnesota at Chicago, that's a tough game. Yeah, I would want to say Minnesota, but Chicago's playing tonight. I have to see how Trubisky plays tonight. I'm not sold on Trubisky. I'm not sold either, but, you know, they still have a lot of talent on that team. And if he even plays, you know, 50%, you know, I mean, I think they can win. Yeah. But I have to see. I mean... Uh, after the game tonight, I'll make my pick. There you go. You know? Okay. If he plays terrible tonight, definitely picking against him. Okay. So almost to the end now, we have Dallas at New Orleans without Drew Brees. So can Teddy Bridgewater recreate uh, a little bit of the magic that he had in uh, in Seattle? I think he can. I think he can. I mean, they've got a lot of talent on that team. You know, you've got Alvin Kamara. I mean, that guy is a stud. You Spectacular. Know? So... And they're playing in New Orleans. So just because it's a backup and Drew Brees isn't there doesn't mean... A lot of people, when Drew Brees got hurt, a lot of people, they they wrote them off, you know, forgetting that they have an experienced guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who used to be a really good quarterback in Minnesota. Very true. You know, he comes in. Yes, he looks a little off, but you know what? It's the nerves. He gets more experience, more playing time. He'll be playing. He'll be playing well. In that game... Dallas, yeah, people are looking at Dallas as Super Bowl contenders. I'm not quite, you know, sold on that. I mean, the way they played against Miami and they struggled. I mean, Miami could have easily been leading that game. Remember, they missed a field goal. They missed a field goal, and 
at uh, drop pass by Devontae Parker. Parker. They could have been leading by about three to six points at halftime. Mm -hmm. So playing against a team with much more talent like New Orleans in New Orleans, I'd have to go with New Orleans. All right, that's Even with the, first the one. That's the first one where we differ because I actually am going to go with Dallas. I think that uh, they'll find a way to win on the road. And uh, and I think that that pass rush with uh, Demarcus Lawrence will be able to get to Teddy Bridgewater and make him feel uncomfortable. So, And then last but not least, we have a division game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who do you have and in that game? And the Pittsburgh Steelers, Pittsburgh. Okay. I think it's, you know, Mason Rudolph is playing well. I mean, they lost the game, but you know what? He played really well in that game. I mean, it was a close game, score-wise, and it was a close game in the game. And they could have won that game. I mean, they had a chance to. And Cincinnati, uh, they just look like a mess. You know, they look like a mess right now. Yeah. And that's a primetime game, so I think I'd pick the home team there easily. So another game where we're going to disagree, and for a couple of reasons, I think that a, this is Mason Rudolph's first ever division game. B, it's his or first ever division start. Mm -hmm. It's his first ever primetime start. Uh, I think that Andy Dalton's experience, uh, although he hasn't been as good as advertised uh, this year, I think his experience in both division games and primetime games will help him and the Cincinnati Bengals get that extra push. And uh, I think they'll win in a close one in Pittsburgh. So. Well... I, you know, we can agree to disagree, but again, I said, I think Mason Rudolph, he showed some poise in the last game yesterday. I think he showed, he didn't panic. There was no panic in his game. And I think he can handle the fact that, you know, he's playing under the lights and it's his first divisional home game. I think he can handle that. I mean, he's going to be prepared for it. I think Pittsburgh will do enough to win that game. I'm not sold on Cincinnati. Andy Dalton, uh, I mean... They can't win with them. They can't. You know, yeah, they can win some games, but they can't. They can't win with them. You know, has he won a playoff game yet? I don't think so. He I might have. So. If he has, it's one. Uh, he's been I, there for quite a while. I don't think he's won a playoff game. So I don't. I mean, yes, they don't have Wurtless Burger, mm -hmm. but like I said, Rudolph's yeah. playing really well. So yeah. playing at home under the lights in Pittsburgh—that's my choice. All right. So we've talked about what happened this week. We've talked about what we think will happen next week. We've named our Shitong of the week. Uh, we've done who's hot, who's not. So that about wraps it up for uh, this week's NFL recap. Thanks for being on, Dad. And uh, for the Triple S Podcast, I'm Brandon Smith. Thank you guys for tuning in. Don't be a Shitong. Go subscribe on any platform that you listen to. And uh, we'll see you guys again soon with more content. Yeah, this be a life, no gimmick.